welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I'm Drew, and today we are going back into some woods. <laughs> We're going back in time. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I know. We're good at that. We are very good at that. It's interesting, because we, we, we've been watching Loki. We literally just finished <laughs> episode four of Loki. Yep. And obviously time travel mm-hmm. and variants mm-hmm. kind of the key themes there sure and like in line with that we're, we're going to go back in time to a variant of a show we've watched yes indeed we are that's my my low-key link yeah so when way back i decided we were going to watch into the woods I thought it would just be a nice intro to Stephen Sondheim for you. Well, it was our second episode. Yeah. And I think we were very right in choosing the more accessible version. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, failure to engage me with musicals episode two. Yeah. Would we be here for episode 66? Exactly. And also the stage show is a lot longer. And a bit badder. By the sounds of the big bad wolf. <laughs> Definitely badder. Who is a very bad wolf. He is a bad wolf. <laughs> this is going to be great to talk about on our PG podcast. But yes, so we are today going to be watching the 1989 original Broadway cast reunion production of Into the Woods. So this isn't the original production. No. But these are the people who were in the original production coming back for like an anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of... you remember how when they did Hamilton, they got all the original cast back? Yes. Yeah. So this is almost like they, they know they're going to do a televised performance, but we want mm-hmm. the original cast. Yep. The only change is that they had Cindy Robinson as Snow White instead of Gene Kelly, who was in the original cast. Not the same Gene Kelly that you're thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was having a as much there. as I would enjoy. I was that more casting. also thinking I don't remember Snow White being in Into the Woods. No, you won't remember Snow White being in Into the Woods because she's not in Into the Woods. Well, yeah, I know they cut quite a bit, didn't they? So we talked about how there's more to the princes mm-hmm. that got cut. Yeah, there's there's potentially more with the giants, and yeah. the end of Act One was different. And there's a whole character that just got completely removed from the film. Yes, I can't remember which character that was. Mm-hmm. Well, Snow White, I guess. No, but like <laughs> like her main character who was important to the narrative. Yes. So I, I think, you know, we've had beginner's entry to mm-hmm. Into the Woods. And it's time to go even deeper into the woods. Yeah. You know, it is longer. And, well, <laughs> bigger, longer and uncut. Yep. This was filmed for a PBS show called American Playhouse, which is where they showed filmed versions of live stage shows. Cool. Musicals and uh, regular theatre. Yeah. And this was filmed in 1989. However, it aired in March of 1991. Because they just didn't show it until then. Well, I guess Hamilton was filmed... Very early on. And yes, we've talked about how it was never filmed to be, you know, given to Disney or put in cinemas. It was filmed for preservation mm-hmm. in the National Archives. But again, it took a while for it to be shown in any format. Yeah. And they 
only reunited for three performances. They did this over three nights and they recorded the whole thing so that they had a professional uh, version of this show. They were in front of an audience each night. There is a live audience in the theatre watching Always it, good. which is something that we enjoyed for Hamilton as well. Yeah. They only slightly changed elements from the show, the original show, which were just to make it more accessible to screen viewing, basically. But it's not... I don't have to explain this without telling you things. And I know you know the, the sort of the plot, but it's it's a weird one, this. Yeah, so they changed things just to make it sort of more audience Friendly. interactive to a home television yeah. audience. Okay, yeah, that's cool. When was the very first performance of Into the Woods originally? Of just the original one, not this version? Yes. So the original Into the Woods was in 1986 in San Diego. So it's a, th- a three-year-old play at this point. Mm-hmm. It's been successful and they realise that they've got something here. Yep. I think, I mean, a great idea to have a streaming service or a channel in this case dedicated entirely to just showing, like... So it wasn't a channel. It was a, it's a TV segment on PBS. Right, but still, great idea that you know on a Friday night you can sit Stick and you a can watch a musical. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something. You know, during lockdown in the UK, we had the shows must go on, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. You know, we got big things like Joseph, Jesus Christ Superstar, Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies. But we also got things like Ruthless, things yeah. like By Jeeves. The Wind in the Willows. The Wind in the Willows. So a really accessible way for pro shots to be shown mm-hmm. and people to be introduced to new musicals. Yeah. And, you know, the National Theatre was showing some of theirs. You know, we got uh, One Man, Two Governors. We got Treasure Island. We got Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. And I know the National Theatre has launched a streaming service for its pro shots, which is incredible. But how is there not a more global streaming service for musicals. Yeah. Because Broadway HD, if you're in the States, you are very lucky, has a lot of these shows we've just talked about. Mm-hmm. And some shows you should work, uh, really, really check up. It's not available in the UK. Yeah. And we're a musical podcast. We would love to have access to some of these amazing shows that you, you can get on the streaming services. But... Why is that not a more global thing? Yeah. Because I think people would pay for it. Why is Netflix not trying to scoop the rights? Why is Amazon Prime not trying to scoop the rights to more of this stuff? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a market for it. Yeah. And it amazes me that there's a market for it as far back as 1989. Well, this is the thing. The, the market now for movie musicals and televised versions of stage shows is the sort of fallout of the internet age, isn't it? Yeah. But the fact that they are... I mean, this was also filmed for archiving, mm-hmm. but a lot of musicals have been. There's hundreds and hundreds of musicals that have been filmed for archives and never released. I joke about it almost every time we talk about pro shots, but there is a pro shot somewhere of Spider-Man in the There dark. is, yeah. 100%. Every show is going to have a pro shots mm-hmm. because reasons... You know, marketing, merchandising. 
the fact that SpongeBob has a pro shop that isn't released in the UK angers me. I know, right? Because that feels like such an easy thing. Because as a show that has such a universal appeal, you've got kids who currently are watching SpongeBob and enjoying it for the first time. You've got adults who were raised on SpongeBob, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a really weird dynamic when there's so much of it that's so exclusive and i wonder how much of this is rights yeah you know obviously disney have the rights to the film version of into the woods Mm -hmm. so would they want the rights to the broadway show um spongebob is a nickelodeon production so would nickelodeon and therefore paramount be happy for spongebob to be seen on something where you could see Marvel characters or Disney characters. Yeah. There's got to be licensing issues, but mm-hmm. give me DVDs at least, you know. I yeah. want to see all these beautiful shows, and I'm so glad I'm going to get the opportunity to see Into the Woods, mm-hmm. the original, basically, bar one cast member. Yeah. Because I want to see it in its original format. There's no way if we went to see Into the Woods in 2021 or 2022, it would be the original. Yeah. I'm, I We joke about the big bad wolf, but... That was a choice. That's a choice that won't ever be replicated again. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that... <laughs> For reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be other parts of this show in the same way, I'm sure, like Starlight Express. Mm-hmm. Oh, Star Express changes every time they put it on. Exactly. So to have this version of this show that is Mm -hmm. probably going to have gone through some rewrites and changes in the over 30 years it's existed, I'm really glad that I have the opportunity to see this version. Yeah. So what what do you remember about Into the Woods? So it is the Avengers of fairy tales. But specifically like Grimm's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you have your standalones of Jack and the Beanstalk and Cinderella and witches, you know, like Hansel and Gretel. Mm -hmm. You have your standalones. This is where they all come together Mm. in one epic universe. Yeah, basically. Do you remember who is the witch in this version? Bernadette Peters. Yeah, it is. This is going to be the first thing you've seen her in. No... What have you seen her in? She was in Annie. Oh, that doesn't count. Does count. Okay, she's in it, but this is like this is. She proper. was in Cinderella. Okay. Either way, first of all, you didn't like either of those films. I and... like the first Annie. <laughs> I I liked the first Annie. Yeah. I liked it more than I thought I would. My issue with the Cinderella was just like it was very such a weird choices everywhere. Yeah. I yeah, I'm excited to see what she does with the role. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Meryl Streep is fantastic in it. Yeah, but I think you can see from Meryl Streep's performance that a lot of Into the Woods success relies on the witch character. Yes. So Bernadette Peters, I think, is going to be fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously have Jack. Yep. I'm excited to see little children interacting on stage. I don't know how they're going to do that. Okay. If it's going to be Little Children, if it's going to be more Teenage Jack. Yeah. Probably makes sense for it to be more Teenage Jack. Well, especially because this is them getting the cast back together. Yes. By which point the boy who was playing Jack... Is aged. Has aged out playing Jack. We have Chip Zine, who's playing the baker. I don't know who that is. You will not recognise him. However, he's a big Broadway actor. The only thing I think you might know him from... And this is like... 
this is going to be super niche, but you know, we watched Little Evil, the horror movie, yes, with the guys, the stepdad to yeah, the Adam Scott. You know, when he goes to therapy, yes, it's the therapist, which is like the most roundabout connection yeah, ever. Yeah, it's not a memorable role. You know, you know like I'm not going to remember him and be like, oh hey, it's that therapist from that <laughs> awful but great like yeah horror film we watched. We also have Joanna Gleason playing the baker's wife. For which she won Best Actress in a Musical at the Tony Awards. Cool. She's a phenomenal actress. She's in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She has been in lots of things, basically, that I could sit and name. She's in Sex and the City. You'll you'll recognise yeah. that, is my point, basically. But yeah, do you remember how this did at the Tony Awards? No, because I don't actually know if we discussed it. I think we probably did a little bit, but not so I don't much, because we... we were talking about the film. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it was pretty successful. Like it did okay. Six Tonys. No, three. Three. Okay. Nominated for ten, won three. Won best score for Stephen Sondheim, best yeah. book for James Lapine, and best actress in a musical for Joanna Gleeson. Was its competition. So this is the forty-second Tony Awards. Yeah. And up for best musical, we had Romance, Romance, Serafina. Into the Woods, and The Phantom of the Opera. So Phantom. Phantom won Best Musical. Wow, this is the same age as Phantom. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Phantom won Best Performance by an Actor. Phantom is going to win. Yeah, it was pretty much a sweepstake. Yeah. But then we also had, like, Anything Goes, one of the things. For Into the Woods to win Best Score and Best Book... Mm-hmm. against Phantom speaks to the quality of the music. Yeah, it really does. Especially because both are sung all the way through. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, we talk and then we start singing and then we talk and then we break into song again. There's, there's talking in Into the Woods. There's music happening while there's talking. Okay. It's played all the way through, but there is talking. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I didn't remember so much of the talking. It felt like... Because Sondheim is very talk-sing. Yeah, that's true. So it felt like some of it was more... Like, in, in layman's, it was like, Come here, Chavert, I've got a secret to share. Yeah. Oh, no, Valjean, you let me down before. You know? Right, so here we have, Into the woods, I have to go, I hate to leave, I have to, though. Where yes. it's like stream of consciousness. Yes. Singing. Oh, Mr. Todd, I'm so happy I could eat you up. I really could, you know. <laughs> we really need to watch. There's a fantastic Sondheim concert called Sondheim at 60, which is uh, presented by David Hyde Pierce, who I love. Yes. Um, And they have a, an ongoing joke throughout this concert that the guy who's conducting this orchestra only wants to play Sweeney Todd. So no matter what they introduce, he starts playing the... And it's the funniest thing ever. But like they're introducing West Side Story, and did he do West Side Story? I feel like I forget this every time we talk about Sondheim. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Steven Sondheim and Steven Spielberg. Yes, indeed. West Side Story. I love Sondheim. Yeah. So interestingly, talking about the the wolf. Yes. We might as well talk about it now because you haven't seen it yet. The costume design for this performance was done by Anne Holdward. She is a 
a very prolific costume designer on Broadway and sometimes in the West End as well. She does a lot of costume design specifically for Sondheim. So she did the revival of Company and... What, the one with MPH? No. Okay. No, no, the like original revival of Company. Uh, Roadshow, which is also a Sondheim, and Sunday in the Park with George, which is based off the fabulous painting. Yes. However, <laughs> just just keeping in mind the wolf... She also did the costumes for Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and we've seen some bad beasts. We have seen some bad beasts. Her beast was amazing. And the costumes are beautiful and like oh, so, so nice and so well done. But also she somehow always ends up with these like creepy fur characters. So yeah, why does the wolf have exposed genitalia? That's a really nice way for you to describe that. Why do you think the wolf has exposed genitalia? Because he's an animal. Well, that's part of it. But I can't... Well, his whole song, Hello Little Girl, is about stealing yeah, the Yeah, and like he's going to be fiddling with it or she sings, but... No. No, no. <laughs> this is a musical about fairy tales. They're not going that bad. No, they just... It, I'm the whole watch. point of Hello Little Girl is that... Well, Hello Little Girl and then we get I Know Things Now is her loss of innocence, it's her coming of age. And what is a bigger representation of loss of innocence for a little girl than a man exposing himself? I just, I'm very <laughs> glad that Johnny Depp didn't get his Willy yeah, Wonka out. right. <laughs> Me know, too. Did Thank not you. need to see his Wonka bar. No, nobody did. Nobody it's a does. bold choice. It is a bold choice, but it makes sense thematically. But the problem is... I feel like when you do that, yeah. you know the reaction you're going to get. And you it goes way too into panto vibe, you know? Like, this is what I'd expect from going to the sea and watching a panto. This is pretty panto. But I don't know. I just feel like, from what I remember of the tone of it, it's a sinister scene. It's not a scene where I should erupt into laughter with the very first thing that is said. Yeah. You know, like before a word is spoken, I would be laughing. Oh, I the costume is atrocious. Like it is absolutely It's not like, atrocious. I think it's excellent. Right, it is great. But it's but, it's a bit horrifying. Yeah, like the the, 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 the penis is is, is horrendous. <laughs> Are we gonna say <laughs> I found an even worse picture? <laughs> Just making myself Come on, giggle. Let's, let's over have here. a look at the worst picture. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that Perhaps he wears I'm a wrong. jacket. Perhaps it's not bigger, longer, and uncut. He wears a jacket. It doesn't appear to be uncut. <laughs> it appears to be quite cut. <laughs> oh, I feel like this is the best kind of note to end this on. Yep. I, I really hope when we go back and we rewatch musicals that I have seen, mm. there's definitely an element of trepidation going towards it because what if this you know isn't as good the second time round and especially with this where we're watching different versions of it mm -hmm. like I said with Pippin and I've said with others hey I wish I could watch another version done right but when I enjoyed something yeah it's more scary to go back and watch another version of it yeah because I don't want it to ruin that that version. 
Right, I haven't gone back and watched many of the musicals that we've covered again. I think the only ones that we have watched multiple times since we covered them is Anna and the Apocalypse and Singing in the Rain. They're the only ones I've watched the same version twice. Mm. And obviously we've done Two Phantoms and we have done Three Annies. This one feels different. I really liked the Disney version of Into the Woods. Now I know... Things now, many valuable things. <laughs> I know I that this film doesn't exist if this show isn't successful. Hmm. So I have optimism going into this. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, we've started with Phantom the Movie and it can only get better. You know, it's like... I was scared that watching Phantom, the movie, made me rethink Phantom, the show, and be like, yeah, this wasn't as great as I think. Same with Lion King. Mm -hmm. The 2019 Lion King doesn't land, and it's basically the same as the one I grew up with. Now, is the one I grew up with not that great? And do I just look at it with nostalgia? Mm -hmm. No. No, it was just a bad version. (laughs) Yeah, it's just an unnecessary remake. So I'm really hoping... That I watch this today and I'm thinking, yeah, no, this is great. And I can see why it's, why it has the legacy Mm -hmm. that it has. Yeah. I'm really excited to watch this. I love this version. I've watched this a bajillion times because I have access to it. Yes. It's great. It's time to go into the woods. Into the woods. Into Into the 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 woods. (laughs) I'm really sick of it. Yeah, me too. We will be back very, very shortly mm-hmm. if we survive the giants. And the wolves. Oh my. show her disdain why does she run from me if i should lose her how shall i regain the heart she has won from me agony beyond power of speech when the one thing you want is the only thing out of your reach. And we are back. No birds chirping, no wolves howling. <laughs> Once upon a time. I really enjoyed watching this one in terms of seeing what the difference was with stage instead of screen Mm -hmm. so this is this is a really fun stroll through the woods yeah it's really interesting isn't it to see the things that they chose to leave out yes but also just to see how things are staged like obviously movie magic Mm -hmm. we can go from one world to another quite seamlessly you know we can go from one house to another house to another house quick and easy i was always very intrigued as to how they would do 
that here, especially given the way like Sondheim has written this. Yeah, because the opening song jumps quickly between characters and we meet all of them. I loved it. I loved the way it was done. I think it was staged very effectively. Mm -hmm. I like that... I always talk about how I love how worlds start before they start, but having this really beautiful safety curtain. Yeah. Visible. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going into the theatre and that's what you see. Like, yeah, what a way to start. Like, the play starts before it actually starts. Yeah. Very, very cool. It was like the... Not the Wizard of Oz. Wicked. Yes. When you sit, they have the map of Oz and it shows all of the areas and everything. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It really does make a difference, I think. It does. I don't want to just go in and see an empty stage or just a curtain. Give me something to start the world, please. And yeah, birds chirp, wolves howl. We get Mm. act one. Yes, indeed. And yeah, I really like the layering here that we have of the three different worlds. We just have three living rooms simple backdrops and your actors are sit there in a beautiful tableau Mm -hmm. and off we go to the races basically you know one of the things i find really interesting is how cheap and tacky some of the things come across but it works so like milky white like milky white right okay because it is just a porcelain cow not even i think it's just a a hollow plastic cow. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it looks cheap mm-hmm. and tacky. Yeah. But it works. Like, it's really cool because of it. Yeah. And it has... Milky White has a handle on her bag. Yes. Because <laughs> for ease of carrying. Yeah, and I love it. And, you know, Jack never uses it. But when we get the baker, like, mm-hmm. rushing forward later, it's funny. It feels very much like this is a far more political piece than it wants to be. You know, like, there's more to this. It's not just we're sitting watching a musical. It's almost like Pippin, but better. Because, like, Pippin is, you know, we are actors playing something, but they never really do much with it. This is a political musical. I know it is. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the whole point of it. It's like, we're looking at things and we're not being immersed because it's very much they are actors. Yeah. And, you know, small things like that, it just... I, I really liked it. Especially with the existence of the narrator yes. who introduces us to this world, introduces the characters, and is great all the way through this. Because we didn't have the narrator last time. No, we just this. had James Corden's voiceover. Yeah, which is not as good. No. <laughs> not it, because it's James Corden or anything, but I think... It feels far more, like, immersive. Yeah. And what they could have done in the film, honestly, I think they could have cast someone as the narrator and have them walk through the sets. Yeah, have something, have it be almost like Rocky Horror, you know, where you have the narrator sat in a library, but then you have different moments where they actually walk out into the woods. You're like, oh, they're Mm -hmm. part of this. Yeah, more could have been done with it, but Disney was going for the immersion with it. They wanted you to look at it like it was a real story. Yeah. And this isn't, and I really admired that. Breaking the Fourth Wall is great with this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, Jack's uh, costume looks radical. You know, very much looks like what, you know, 80s and 90s teens would be wearing. It's like very colourful, baggy clothes, vanilla ice. Yeah, meets, you know, medieval peasant. Yeah, but, you know, it looks very fashionable for the time. Yes. Jack is a trendsetter. I get it. I really liked the interaction with the step family. Mm -hmm. I think... You know, there's so much going on in this opening, but it's so easy to pay focus to. And this must have been a very difficult show to cut and edit because 
do you want to miss one thing? Loads of people are talking over each other, but they do a really good job with it. Oh, I agree. But yeah, I really like the interactions with the stepsisters and stepmother. Mm-hmm. I think that's nice. I like the glimpses into Jack's world that we see and the glimpses into the baker's world that we see. Um, <laughs> we meet Goldilocks as well and she's Little Red Goldilocks. She's Red Riding Hood. I know. I meant to say she's Little Red Riding Hood. I, I ruined my own joke. She looks like Goldilocks. Yeah, she does. The way her hair is is styled is very yeah, it's very Goldilocks, and it's almost like I, I, you know, there could be an extra layer to this that she's both Goldilocks and Little Red Riding. That's true because she would just eat everything. This is like one of my favorite jokes. It's oh. always the Little Red Riding Hood just stealing all the food. From oh yeah, them. she's so greedy, and I love the way it's done, and it's like the punctuation of a movement on the rhythm, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, it's a. Uh, oh, I love the way I love the way Sondheim writes. You know, I, I know this song better, so it'll be the wrong musical. But Sweeney Todd's like, "Oh, Mr. Todd, I'm so happy. I could eat you up. I really could." You know, like, and it's the punctuation of the kissing on the cheek with that. Mm-hmm. And I love it, and you get it here really well with this, where she'll say a line, and there's a beat, and she grabs something. She'll say a line, another beat, and she, it's just so well choreographed and so well timed. Yeah. Oh, sometimes a genius. Cinderella can talk to birds. Yes, the plastic birds were fantastic as well. <laughs> like, really stupid, and I loved it. There was so much charm to them. They were so quaint. Yeah. Also, Cinderella, when she's Cinderella, and I don't know that I've ever seen this in any other version of Into the Woods, wears glasses. Yes, but I quite liked that. when. Yeah, when she's, know, like, made girl. Cinderella. Yeah. It's just a weird, interesting choice. It's very cute. The only time I've ever seen a Cinderella in glasses is when Funko launched the hipster version of Disney princesses. And they all just, literally all they did was they put the thick square frames. That's how they made them hipsters. Mm -hmm. That's the only time. I liked it. I think it's quite nice. And as a kid as well, like, we need more princesses with glasses. Like, if you're a kid looking at going, oh my god, Cinderella wears glasses? Yeah. Like, that's really empowering for kids who struggle with like you need glasses yeah you need braces well let's have a braced princess or prince please you know the kids can be like oh this is so cool yeah one of my favorite lines and again it's that sometime wordplay and rhythm is the lump on her rumps big enough to be a hump yeah with her with her is such a mouthful it really is i love it there's a nice bit where Cinderella mishandles one of her stepsisters with, and again, in the rhythm to the music. Yes. Know? And you just see that, and, and eventually the stepsister turns and slaps and she's like, yeah. you are not going to the ball. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. So she asks her, she says, can you put it in a twist, her hair? And Cinderella is probably yanking this girl's head around. It's great. And the reactions to it are great. Like it does look painful. Mm-hmm. Now. We finally get the intro. Oh God, so much is covered in this like opening song. I forget how long it is and we've skipped so many good bits. I have to just go through my notes and what bits I noticed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've obviously met the characters and we've jumped forward so much that we're now at night time already as everyone's preparing to leave and go into the woods and we meet the witch. Now, if I did not know, as we started, that this is Bernadette Peters, mm-hmm. I would not have known until the reveal. I'd have been like, no, there's two different actresses. The prosthetics that she's wearing are so impressive. Mm. I liked that. And, you know, we get the same 
context that we got in the film version that the baker's sister was taken by the witch but there's still a debt to be paid and she has made him barren yeah you know, there is a curse that he can never have kids because of her yep and we get one of my favorite ongoing jokes in this version where every time the witch mentions that she points and like he and he like reacts like she's kicked him in yeah. the crotch it is very very cool there's again small bits that really make the magic in this so believable mm-hmm. so the witch flying you know yes steps up on in the, the witch's rap yeah. yeah that's fantastic there's moments where she does spells you need to get a ting noise mm-hmm. there's so many nice things here and yeah the baker is told which items she needs what other do you remember Oh, yeah, I mean, I remember them better than when I was making all the, like, Infinity Stones jokes last time around. What are they? We have a... I'm going to remember this better than the Baker. You're going to do it in order. No, I'm not going to do it in order. I'm just going to remember it better than the Baker and his wife, <laughs> because they instantly forgot. No, the Baker forgets. The wife I thought remembers. the wife got them wrong and muddled as well. No, because she shows up in the woods. No, I know she does, but like at this point in the song, him. I thought she'd got them muddled as well. No, she gets it straight away. Right, so they want... A cow as white as milk. Mm-hmm. They want um, hair as gold as corn. Yeah, yellow, they, but yeah, whatever. Uh, they oh no, they want a slipper mm-hmm. as pure as gold. Yes, and then they want the cloak as red as blood. Cape, cape, yeah. whatever. Cow as white as milk. The cape as red as blood. The hair as yellow as corn. Slipper as pure as gold. You just said the slipper. The, the hair is uh, yellow as corn. Oh, I thought it said yellow as gold. No. Yeah, so, you know, off off to the races, into the woods. And off they go, into the woods, into the woods. Into the woods to grandmother's house. <laughs> Jack wheels Milky off stage, and I think that's hilarious. Like, he's actually, like, just... wheels. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, the reveal of the woods is great, as the safety curtain and everything goes up, and you're like, wow, this is, this is a nice-looking wood. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, sometimes when you stage trees and woods, and they can just be like, yeah, okay, that is just, like, a bit of cardboard. So there's a joke in Spamalot. Yes. About... I would hope there's jokes. Spamalot's supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> I know, but there's a joke specifically for the stage production of Spamalot, and any time anyone mentions, like, how nice the woods look in a show... I think of this one quote, which is that they ventured into a dark and very expensive wood. <laughs> and it just makes me think of that every time anybody says anything about the woods. That's great. I had completely forgotten about Cinderella's tear tree. Yes, because this time her mother is actually in, is the, in tree. the tree. Yeah. Help, I'm in a tree. Mm-hmm. So I'd completely forgotten that Cinderella was so miserable she had cried a great oak tree into existence. Yes, because in this version, it is an oak tree as yes. opposed to... Oh, no, it's a hazel tree. But I, I mean, I don't know what type of tree it is. I'm, you know what I mean? It's just so silly. Yeah, but that's one of those ones. There was like no reason to change it to a, a willow tree in the film. It's because willow trees look more like mystical. Sad, yeah. yeah, and sad. Um, but yes, tear tree... And the tree is actually her godmother. Well, and it's her mother, mother. Yeah. Yeah. I realise I need to wish to trees more often. You know, more if, yes. if I want my dreams to come true, I just need to go and wish to trees. So I've been wishing to multiple trees today. Excellent. We'll see if they come true. Who knows? I think it's only trees with the spirit of your dead parent in it. They okay. they never said that specifically. It was just wishing to trees. <laughs> But she only wishes on this one tree. 
When you wish upon a tree Makes no difference who you be Makes no difference to who me When you wish upon a tree So, Jack is stalked by Santa Claus. And yeah, the uh, mysterious man. The mysterious man. That's what this character is called. Did not twig until a little bit later that he was both the narrator and Santa Claus. The quickest of quick changes. Very good quick change and very convincing beard that the fact that the beard doesn't just look like a quick addition. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like a... It's like a stick on, yeah. Stick on. It was very, very impactful. And then, of course, hello little girl. And we get some serious laughs, like we predicted. I forgot how sparingly the wolf is actually used within the show. Like, well, there are some versions where there's two, two wolves, mm-hmm. and they like ballet with each other. Basically, yeah, but it, they're treated like the princes, where it's like, "Hello, brother." I wouldn't mind having more with the wolf and yeah. having like a parallel, like have both princes play wolves, mm-hmm. and you have the. Oh, you know, like yes, because at this point we don't know yet, but the wolf is actually played by Cinderella's prince. Yeah, like I think it'd be really funny if there was a wolf version of Agony, Hungary. You know, just something. Not that I'm adding anything to an already long musical, but it. I could see the potential there of having both. Yes. Wolves. Because especially like the parallel is the fact that the prince is not a nice person. Neither prince are nice people, and they are preying on innocent girls in the same way the wolf does. Yes. So I think make that parallel a bit more clear. That would be that would be very very, very nice. Mm-hmm. And yes, I th- I thought I really really thought that the wolf sounded very Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And then I started to daydream about Jeff Lynne playing the wolf in Into the Woods. It'd be great. He'd be fantastic. And to then become the prince as I well. I could. I want to see Starkid. I really want as much as I love them doing their own things. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Starkid. Do into the woods. Yeah, me too. I, th- I think they've got a phenomenal cast that they could do this very, very well. Even if they wrote their own parody version of Into the Woods, with completely different. Right, they can do the Avengers musical, and they can basically make it a parody of Into the Woods, and they can just do like a parody of Infinity War and the Infinity Saga. Yeah, into the past. Into the past. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like. I just feel like you you look at their playing types and there's such good representation in Into the Woods that they could play these characters really, really well. Yeah. And that's going to be my secret task. I'm going to do that at some point. I'm going to gonna cast Starkid as Into the Woods. Not now. Mm-hmm. I need to think about it. I'm going to cast it. Hello, Little Girls, the first time we really utilise the run across the stage. Which is very, very cool. Yes, which is, if you are not aware of this version or you haven't seen it but you know of Into the Woods it is a flat straight revolve that goes across the stage yeah it's basically. like a little treadmill yeah it's great it is very cool it's so cool I, I right obviously we, we've made jokes about the wolf's penis yeah <laughs> the wolf's costume is phenomenal it's so good right I, the prosthetics oh my god the face the face just looks so cool mm-hmm. the fact that his mouth moves and it doesn't look tacky like you look at the milky white and then you look at the wolf and you're like wow is this the same show the wolf looks good and like the abs and the fur effects are very cool and considering how quick a change it is as well yes the the addition of a wolf's penis is weird i don't think it makes its point nicely though (laughs) i don't i don't think i don't think it adds anything to this sequence 
I, I don't think it does. Okay. I never thought we'd be talking this much about genitals on a musical podcast, but I don't think it adds anything. I don't... Okay. I think the song is explicitly clear enough, as is their interaction about, like, the loss of innocence. I don't think it actually adds anything to it. And short of him fondling it, which would not be appropriate... He does a couple of thrusts. He, right, the ending thrust is very, very weird, but like, and the way it just like bounces. <laughs> but I, I, again, I don't think the thrusting with his bouncing penis adds to the the thrust would be funny anyway. Mm. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not sold on the penis. Well, he's a wolf. Yes. He's not wearing anything. He's wearing a he's jacket. He's wearing a jacket. That's it. I'm just glad they didn't. I'm. I, I'm just glad that they, they didn't put that in the Disney version. I, I don't mind. Yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't as offensive as like I was thinking it would be, mm-hmm. which is good. And actually, do you know what? Let's if we're going for like this sort of costume, great. Like let's add it. But I don't know. I don't know if it added anything. But does it need to add anything? We talk too much about like that on this show. Yes. The witch says, "Get the cape." Yep. So of course the baker is like, "I'm going to go get the cape." And he can't because... She screams. I don't think she screams yet. I think that's later on. I think she's already run off by this point. Yeah. Yeah, I have. But we do have the cow as white as milk and they reprise like, you know, what the witch wanted. Yep. Yes, because the baker has forgotten and the wife has followed him into the woods and is trying to remind him now. And promptly enter Jack with Mm -hmm. the cow as white as milk. And we get the reprise liner from from Santa Claus, who says, you'd be lucky to get a bag of beans. And conveniently, the baker has a bag of beans Mm -hmm. left over from what his father stole. And they have six, but they only give five. No, we could not part with all five of our beans. All six of our beans. So, yeah, they, they, they give the five and we go, I guess this is goodbye. And Jack serenades his ceramic cow. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's so funny. It is a really funny visual. And I, I say this as well, like, the actors clearly know they're in something that's funny. Mm-hmm. I say this so many times when I teach. It's funnier when you don't laugh, when you commit to it, and it's so deadpan. And it's funnier here because it's so deadpan, because they're so, like, committed to the bit. Yes, his little line about how, I hope the next time we meet, you won't be on a plate. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Jack. It's, it's, and the, the thing I love with this is we get a lot of quick songs, move on, quick song, move on. You know, and you show me the list for Act 1 versus Act 2, and it certainly is. A lot longer. A lot longer. But none of these songs are, some of these songs are 30 to 45 seconds, you know, like we get going and that's it. Okay. So it made it very difficult to score them. Yeah, some of them are more just narrations. But you know? I liked them, but it was very di- it was a very difficult one to score and a very difficult one to kind of factor in and skip it. This is definitely a listen to this whole album. It's a, it's a concept album. You know, you can't really skip one. No, you need yeah. all of them together. I mean, I still I still chose a skip it song as is tradition. Same. <laughs> um, I mean, this would certainly be a skip it song. Would be Rapunzel's song. Uh, but I mean, we. Uh, We have maybe their magic, and the baker's wife is very talented at, like... Lying. Lying. Very, very good liar. Yeah, and then we get Rapunzel's song. 
But the set piece of Rapunzel's tower coming up is very, it's very so cool. good. Yeah. yeah, and the whole Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Bernadette Peters actually climbs it. Yeah, she does. She I'm starts to climb up the Very, thing. very impressed, and like it twists, so she's out of sight. Yeah, she gets about halfway up. Yeah, but still, like, still cool. there's a commitment to the climbing of it, mm. which is very, very nice. And Rapunzel's prince sees Rapunzel. Because that's his name. His name is Rapunzel's Prince. Yep. And so he sees her. It won't be her. at the end of the play. No. He sees her and he says, Rapunzel. And then thinks, oh yeah, well, I should come back tomorrow when the old hag isn't here. Yes, because she will uh, certainly get in the way yes. of my princely duties. And yes, this is when the baker steals the cape but returns it promptly mm-hmm. because of Little Red Biting Hood's very annoying screech. Yes. <laughs> yeah and, and and she kicks him i think that was funny yeah i'd rather a wolf than you any day and she stomps on his foot i think danielle furland who's playing little red riding hood is so talented oh i think she was one of my favorite bits about this one yeah uh i didn't, couldn't really say the same for little red last time uh, she's a very talented actor a little bit annoying sometimes. There's something to be said for having an adult playing these characters. Yeah, there really is. I mean, and they wouldn't have been adults when they played originally, so it's quite nice to see them. I mean, well, this is like two years later. Okay, well, I don't know how old they are now, but... They're the, they're the youngest in the cast by a couple of years, but not by that much. They are adults. Yeah, but they obviously have been a lot, you know, they they looked younger. Yeah. But it is quite nice to see Jack as like this kind of, I steal everything. <laughs> like Jack has this lay about it and he really is like, he did not go to school. And it's quite fun to see Jack, Jack instead of being like this 10 year old boy. It, it changes it. It's like we've said. It really before. does. He's an adult yeah. in this one. And it's the same with Little Red. She's an adult. Mm-hmm. And still kind of not listening to stuff but you know there's still like a naivety like you know that they're adults playing these kids mm-hmm. like I'm not looking going well Jack is 25 years old and still lives at home I know Jack is supposed to be like a teenager yeah but it is very interesting and quite nice to see them as adults maybe their magic reprise did not write any notes for this song just watched wrote the name of the song I don't even remember what the point of it was it's her trying to reassure the baker that they're not bad people for lying about the beans. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I know things now. Yes. <laughs> There's a nice bit where <laughs> Little Red Riding is going up to the door and she goes, Oh dear, how uneasy I feel. So she should. Yep. Maybe it's all the sweets. And there's a really great bit. So we, we get the very famous exchange between Wolf and Red. Mm-hmm. And there's a nice bit where then we cut back to the narrator and the narrator says, it was a full day of eating for them both. Yeah, that's great. It's such a dark, like, right. footnote to that joke. That line is in the James Corden one. And James Corden says it. It, does, I, it doesn't work. I didn't even then. notice it there then. Right? He he narrates it. So she goes in and they establish that she's been eaten. And he says, well, it was a full day of eating for both of them. But it's not funny in that version. Here, it's so droll. And, like, he's, like, hey, because that's just how it goes. Because it's a narrator delivering it, not a character we know. Yeah. And, you know, it's a man in a suit who doesn't fit into this Oh, yeah, definitely. ...universe. And I really like the way they actually staged the eating of... And, you know, the then 
ultimately the baker saving them. It's a yeah. difficult thing to save. Mm-hmm. I love that they go with the rock story. Let's fill him with ro- rocks and watch him stumble around until he dies. Like, yes. chill out, Grandma. Oh, yeah. And Grandma's quite feisty, like she hits back. I I think Little Red needed Jafar's advice. Yeah. You know, clearly, a song is a dick in sheep's clothing. And she needed that advice before. Hello, it's little true. girl. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I... Little Red says... You know, she's learnt now that a cape and a hood won't protect you. And I beg to differ. Certainly Depends should. Depends on the cape. She certainly should have a cape or hood on some occasions for extra protection. <laughs> Isn't it nice to know a lot and a little bit not? Yeah, well, that's a little bit not. She doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't need to either. She's she survived not. her first sexual dalliance. Yeah. And she feels braver for it and is still ignoring the other stuff. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of the point of this. Like, oh, I know things now. Mm -hmm. Because that's what this is a whole reference to. Yeah. So. The coming of age. Yeah. But she does give the baker the cape. And he has two out of five of the witch's items. One out of five. No, he's got the cow. He doesn't have the cow. Yeah, well, he did have the cow. He thinks he's got the cow. One out of four. They only need four things. It is one out of four. Why did I think it was five? The fifth one's the baby. I oh, okay. So he's got two out of four. Cinderella runs on stage, and my God, does she stack it. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of my favourite lines in this whole show happens later on, but it's to do with this, and it's, my goodness, you do take a lot of spills. <laughs> like, I've said that to kids before, where they fall over, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you do take a lot of spills. Yeah. <laughs> But it's such so a difficult funny. thing to do because how do you fake that? You've just got to go for she it. She just goes for it. You've just got to go for you've it and know you're going to trip. Because otherwise, that it's going to hurt. Yeah, you know, and and you learn how to fall. Mm-hmm. But there's no way of faking that to to a point of. She's got a lot of petticoats going. She on, has. So she's got some padding. But you, sure. you can see actors who fall on stage, and you're like, "Yes, we are watching a play." You know, <laughs> at this point, like she... it genuinely felt like she tripped and it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Like, fantastic bit of acting there from Cinderella. Yeah. She literally, at this fall, she comes down. We have a we have a set piece, which is a floor, basically. It's raised from everything else and it's like a little hill. And mm-hmm. people usually enter via this way. And she runs down it, so she's already on a slope, and then there's a step at the bottom, and she goes down the step and then throws herself forwards and slides across the stage. And then the baker's wife is like, are you okay? (laughs) And we get them seeing a really nice prince, which just... a very nice prince. She's not really impressed by any of it. It's just a nice difference for her. Yeah, and again, though, like, beautiful structure, lovely rhythm, so sometime. Mm-hmm. This is the song that I bring up every time somebody tells me that Cinderella... So I get into a lot of arguments over Disney films with teenagers about how Cinderella is like the least feminist one because she just goes after her man to get away from her life. She needs a man to save her. And I'm like, she wasn't interested in him. Mm-hmm. Quote, he's a very nice prince. Yeah. yeah well, he's a very nice prince, but uh, mm. not my prince. He's trying for a prince, I guess. But then I guess the, the, my my biggest question for this version of Cinderella is why does she go back? It's a three night party. Why wouldn't you go? 
because she didn't like it the first time. He was creepy. He was a very nice prince, but she not for me. She liked the party. Okay. She's there for the party. She's not there for him. Right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And yeah, we're at first midnight. Mm. Did you learn anything on the first midnight? Did you take any morals away? Yes, but I couldn't actually hear the morals. Well, the slotted spoon does not catch the soup. I loved this, though. Like, I really liked the way that they all speak in cliches. Yeah, they're all weird little morals and fables. Yeah. Fables? I, yeah, I'd say fables. I liked it. Like, it was a really nice little sequence. And the whole, like, the early bird catches the worm. Like, speaking in wisdom was quite a nice... Yeah, you know, a really well written bit to to put all these existing lines into that rhythm. Mm. We have things like <laughs> never wear mauve at a ball or pink or open your mouth. Yes, from the stepsisters and the stepmother, which is great. Harder to get, the better to have from the prince. This is pleased. Yep. The difference between a cow and a bean is a bean can begin an adventure. From Jack. Yeah. Which I guess is true. Technically, I... the cow began the adventure. Like, he wouldn't have had the adventure if he'd not been taking the cows cow. Cows can start adventures. Secret sure. life of cows. Yeah. Pretty the flower, the further from the path. The closer to the family, the closer to the wine. Mm. From Cinderella's dad, who is alive in this version. Yeah, I didn't like his addition in this. It was just kind of added on. He didn't really add anything to the show. Mm-hmm. I would just not have cast him, to be completely honest. He was a, he was a distraction a lot of the time. That made no sense yeah. for me. You may know what you need, but to get what you want, better see that you keep what you have. Yeah. Which is from The Baker's Wife, about how she should have held on to the cow tighter. But yeah, yeah it's all very... Yes, because she has lost the cow at this point. Yeah. And we've had the nice two. One, two, one, two, one, I lost the cow. We've had that nice sequence here. Mm. Yeah. We get one of my favourite link-ins to a song is from this one into giant in the sky yeah because the end of uh first midnight is into the woods we have to go and they sing into the woods to journey's end and home before there are giants in the sky yeah and it cuts them off really well. and it's amazing and yeah it's, oh. and jack is a changed man mm-hmm. like little red riding hood He's he had is, his sexual awakening. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's got the first bit of treasure. Yep. You know, he's changed for the adventure. And Jack wants to buy back Milky White. Yes. And gives him the gold pieces and takes a cow off. Mm-hmm. Or says, come back for the cow. Well, well, I can't he remember. He says, oh, you... The baker doesn't have the cow on yes. him. He says, oh, you want more money. Okay, I understand. I'll like, come back with more. He's worth more than that. Yes. And then he runs off. Yes, and then Santa Claus harasses the baker and steals the gold pieces. Mm. So, you know, and I like the idea that he is there behind the scenes like, I'm going to move everything because this is my fault. What I know now, I know things now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is obviously the baker's dad and he's behind the scenes trying to right his wrong. To the witch. This has nothing to do with the baker. Yeah. He's trying to make sure that the witch's wish comes true and just helping the baker... Just cause. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with it being his son. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do love all the places the witch shows up in. So in this point, she shows up in the box, mm. which I think is very, very oh, cool. She talks to the kid. Oh, it's yeah. so cute. I love it. I just think it's a very cool thing to do. Like, no place in this is sacred, you know? Yeah. Like, I, um, we've 
been talking about storytelling with my year sevens and we talk about Anansi, the story king, and Anansi is, is a spider. And Anansi actually crops up in Spider-Man the musical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, I know. I've seen it. Well, I found uh, the trailer for it and I was showing the trailer for Spider-Man the musical and we were like, wow, this looks like garbage. But we were like, admittedly, it's so cool. The idea of having Spider-Man start from like the circle and start the swing off. Like if you were a kid having seats like that right by Spider-Man, that would be the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the logistics of actually getting him strapped in it in that place, but it was a very cool thing. And I like that here, you know, that the witch shows up and some kids just had their day made because they're like, oh my God, she talked to me. It was so cool. Yeah. Are you okay? You just look like you're in agony. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the prince's voices are magnificent here. Did you realise at this point that it was the wolf? No. I think this is when I told you, wasn't it? Yeah. So once once you know that he's also the wolf, you can kind of hear it. But this guy is incredible. This, This whole cast is amazing yeah this is cast very very well cinderella's prince is robert westenberg and rapunzel's prince is chuck wagner and they are both just so talented they are and their voices play off really well rapunzel's prince i certainly think actually looks like chris pine which is funny because chris pine was cinderella's prince no i know but like he does look like a late 80s version of chris pine yeah which is very cool I can't say more to this. Also, their costumes. I would dress like that oh, yeah. all the time. This is a great sequence. I think it's one of the sequences that it is great here. It is actually better in the film, but because of the scenery and having them on top of these waterfalls and mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it, it makes it far more cheesy. And here they're quite still. There's not much movement, but I don't care because I loved every second of it. And then the baker's wife overhears them talk and overhears the hair as yellow as corn. Isn't it such a good thing that we all describe hair the same way? And that also we give specific directions of how to get to places. Well, yes, you take the next left and then you take a right and then a left and then a big right at the mossy rock until you get to the waterfall. And then you go left, left again, right, and you'll find the tower with the princess with hair as yellow as corn. Basically, is what they've just said. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so silly. And I think that's one of the things that really works about this show is because it knows it's silly. And it just goes with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You do really get a sense already. I guess maybe it's because I know things now. <laughs> At this point, I was already like, hmm, yeah, you can see that the baker's wife is very, very interested in the prince. It doesn't feel like such a jump when she cheats because she's already Well, been she's like, met him twice now. Yes. And both times she's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and I quite like the kind of foreshadowing. She's kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. the fancy nibble on this prince. Who? <laughs> nibble. Santa gifts the baker a cow and then gets spooked by the witch. Mm-hmm. And it was here where I like, oh yes, he's the baker's dad. That's where I twigged at this point. Rapunzel's hair has not been cared for. It oh. looks very tatty, mm-hmm. almost like it's a prop. <laughs> it, it's funny for it, but I was just kind of like, 
especially when it's she's supposed to be golden curls no, I all know. the way down but, but when like it's been cut and she's holding above itself it doesn't look like hair it just looks like a spare bit of fabric they had lying around and i think yeah. that's funny mm-hmm. you know we're not trying to make us believe she actually <laughs> cut rapunzel's hair i love that from this point on she wears it as a scarf you would how else are you gonna carry it yeah you absolutely would you would lose mm-hmm. it otherwise and we get a very nice prince reprise and we get the great line from Cinderella's prince where he says, I can capture my own damsel, thank you. Yeah. Great line. Yep. He's not rescuing a damsel. Capture. He's capturing capture. a damsel. Yes. And we're going to It Takes Two. Mm-hmm. And this dalliance in the woods is the spice the couple needed to reinvigorate their marriage. You get the sense that they weren't really that happy with each other. At the start of the play. No. And here they feel far more like, oh, I do actually quite love you, you know. They've definitely not been on the best terms for a while. They needed an adventure. And at this point, you're like, oh, yes. Yeah. This adventure is what we needed. Also, another one of my... I'm going to keep saying this, but thing. One of my favourite things. There's a lot of stuff in here where it's just the reuse of lines from other songs and melodies from other songs. So in this one, we have... Um, at home I feared we'd stay the same forever and yet out here you're passionate, charming, considerate, clever which is how the prince described himself yes. she's relaying that because she listened to that song and now she's saying it to describe her husband because she wishes that he was this prince Yeah, and it's such a like nice little niche like mm. thing to put in yeah, absolutely <laughs> and just as everything seems hunky-dory milky way Milky Way. Milky Way. Milky White. <laughs> Dies. Literally drops dead. Kicks it, yeah. Second Midnight, just as fun as the first Midnight. I really like this idea of them all coming onto stage and saying something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It really is. Oh, and okay. it works well within the context of this show. Mm-hmm. It, do you know what this is as well? This is that. This is the bit in Twisted during Twisted. But all the characters come on. It's like, I only wanted to teach them all responsibility. Mm-hmm. I only wanted an invite to the party. I only wanted a coat made of puppies. This is that moment here yeah. where they all come on. So, you know, would I have got that reference? I mean, maybe I get the twisted reference more now. You get the twisted is, reference. Yeah, that, that, it's nice thing. Yeah. It may not have been inspired, but I, I can it, see the It link. definitely was. <laughs> Stay with me. It's so sad. Yeah, the witch is angry that Rapunzel didn't listen. I think Rapunzel looks like a bad Zelda cosplay. <laughs> like the dress. I understand what you mean, but that's just because it's the same colour scheme. Yeah. I feel like I could be looking at, you know, this. You know, if you'd shown me a, hey, Danny, do you want to see a really bad adaptation of a, a Legend of Zelda musical? Hmm. You could show me that and be like, what have they done to Zelda? Yeah. It's just royal cat colours, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think this is such this is such a sad but nice song. Oh yeah, a lot of Bernadette Peters songs are sad but nice. There's a reason why she gets to bow last. Yes, but to go from this song where she's singing about like I want you to stay with me and be my child and be my family forever and I don't want to lose you and then the song finishes and she pulls her hair off. Yeah, all of it. It's like, well, if I can't have you, no one can. I think it's more like you can never go back. You cannot go back to being a child now. Yeah. Because to do that would mean you'd have to go back up to your tower 
Well, we can't do that now because you don't have the hair for me to climb. Yes. So there is no going back because of a choice that you made, which not, is such a like metaphor for life. But like it is, it's almost like you got to own your scars, like your mistakes, are your you know your yeah. scars, and you may not carry them outside; you carry them inside. And this is a you've made this mistake. Here we own go. It. Little Red Riding Hood and Jack's interactions are great, <laughs> and she prompts him to go get the harp because she thinks he's lying, which yes. is fair enough. Oh yeah, 100%, but it, it feels like a very teenage and a very kiddie like, no, you didn't. <laughs> or my dad can beat up your dad. No, he can't. Prove it. Okay, dad, yeah, fight. You're a lying You liar. know, the prince gets blinded. Agony. Oh, I wish he'd shouted that when he was blinded, like he's on the floor going, agony. <laughs> Just. But yeah. yeah, he does. She she throws him out of the tower. Yes. Into and... a um, Thornbush. I was going to say bushel. I can't remember the word I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's a bushel, and later a peck that blinds the characters. Um, different musical. Different musical. <laughs> On the steps of the palace, the wordplay of this song is great, and the fact that she's now stuck. I love the song. Yeah, I know you do. I think that you said this is one of your favourite songs last time. This is the kind of thing that makes me be like, oh, I would be Cinderella. I would want to play Cinderella to get to perform this. <sighs> However, this is another change between the film and the stage show. Yes. Here, we have Cinderella reflecting upon it. She is thinking about it in hindsight. She's telling us, as the audience, what happened and why she decided what she did. And she's using past tense. Whereas in the film, it's happening as it's happening. Yes. She's not thinking about it. And I love the slow-mo thing where it's all slowed down because we're inside her head mm -hmm. in the film. It's great. Yeah. But I much prefer this. I think her coming to us and being like, oh, here's what happened. Yeah. It's just a super interesting storytelling. Oh, yeah, 100%. And Cinderella bestows upon the baker's wife mm -hmm. a shoe. Yep. And they have all four. Hooray. Yep, they have all four. Except the footman steals the shoe and says, we will need this to find this maiden. I need your shoe to have a baby. And... That makes no sense. <laughs> and, I mean, the prince is going to be like, well, I've got this shoe. My shoe's better. Give them that shoe. We don't need both. Yes, the old man says, well, give them the shoe. You don't need both of them. Oh, we get... So every time the mysterious man is asked who he is, he says, when at first I appear, I seem mysterious. Um, but later on, I seem... And they cut him off every time. He's never yeah. allowed to finish that line. Yeah, it's a good line. I like that as a running joke. We get a giant thunderbolt, but we learn... It was actually a dead giant. Mm -hmm. And in comes Jack's mum, kind of like, my son, I can't find my son. He's squashed. He's dead. Why won't anyone help? And the prince's advice is great. He's like, well, there's no point in worrying because if he's alive, we'll find him. And if he's squashed, well, there's nothing anyone can really do about that, is there? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's great. And then, then the witch shows up. It's like, come on, let's do the spell. Where's the cow? This isn't the cow as white as milk. And like, yeah, we painted it. The cow dies. Like, it's a cow that's been dyed with flour. Yeah. yeah. And the witch was like, well, I, I don't care. Bring oh. me the dead cow. Well, we thought you'd like a live one. Well, yes, a live one's preferable, but I can just bring it back to life. Oh, you can do that. 
great. Dude, she's about to make you pregnant. What are you what are you confused about here? Well, this again is one of the best lines in the show. Is well, of course, I would prefer a live cow. So bring me a live cow. Like if you think about the world building in Into the Woods, things like the baker looking out of the window when the door is knocked on right at the beginning, yeah. and he says, "Oh, it's the witch from next door." That's everything we need to know about this world. Yeah. We live in this town. There happens to be a witch that lives next door. We're in a fairy tale. We accept that. We just That's know she's the witch. the way it is. And her saying, well, of course, I'd prefer a live cow, so bring me it and I'll yeah. bring it back to life. And we're just like, okay, that's something she can do. It's so funny because it's so like, it's just treated like inconsequential. Mm-hmm. I love the way the porcelain cow's mouth opens and they put the items in. Yes. This is Milky White 2.0. Yeah. Its mouth opens and the baker's wife, Joanna Gleason, has her arm inside of it. And every time they hold the thing up to the cow's mouth, she grabs it from inside and pulls it in. It's very, it's very cool. clever. Pop it. Basically. But the spell didn't work mm-hmm. because the witch had touched the hair. All these items had to be um, like new to her, like never been she can't sullied touch them. by her. Yeah. Yes. And I guess the corn hair will have to do it. Is technically as yellow as corn, which is the such a mysterious an... man is the one that suggested him, yeah. not Jack. No, I know, and I, I, I prefer that. I think it's like well, I've got this corn. I don't have to do, it. and it works. It does the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, the father promptly dies. Of course, he falls dead because the curse is broken. And beautiful Bernadette Peters arrives, and this is such a cool effect because it's so seamless. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's almost like Bernadette Peters was just speaking over the mic for this other woman and they just swapped. It was such a good transition. Yeah. And yeah, I love the fact we all kind of hold this still image and we revolve around the stage. Oh, such a such a good kind of moment. Yes. But this reveal of Bernadette Peters is so nice. And she looks amazing, but I love Bernadette Peters. Yes. So we have Careful My Toe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the stepsisters cut off their toe and they heal. Mm-hmm. You showed your favourite bit of the way he has to jump on the horse. Yeah, he has to do a little vault oh. onto the fake horse and reverse it because they're on the, the reel across the stage. The reverse was hilarious, but he, he gets, oh, I found my maiden. And he, he walks off with one of the stepsisters. He vaults on the horse and they go off and they stop. And the dead mother tree is like, Grandmother Willow. It's like, no, no. This is not the bride for you. (laughs) This is not the bride you'll seek. You have unlocked the wrong item. You cannot progress further. So the reverse, the heel does. And he's like, huh, there's too much blood in this slipper too. Oh my God. And literally tips the shoe and blood spills out. Mm. That was funny. I liked that. Yeah. And then he's like, are there any other ladies who live here? And they say, well, yes, there's there's one, but, she, you know, she's common. Poor she, little kitchen wench. Yeah, like, she wouldn't have gone to your party. He's like, well, I said, bring her. I want all the ladies in the land. And, you know, it's almost like, in other versions, you get the sense that the stepmother knows it was Cinderella. Like, she saw through the disguise and she's just like, I'm going to get you for this later. Yeah, whereas in this one, it's just like... She really is just like, no, it can't have been her. Mm-hmm. She owns up. Like, the stepmother knows that Cinderella will be found. It's like, no, no one else lives here. Mm-hmm. The witch's magic doesn't work anymore. Yep. We learn this because uh, Rapunzel's tears restore the prince's sight and she chooses to stay with him. So she tries to curse them, 
but nothing works. So she breaks <laughs> her staff. body check themselves to make sure they're okay. Yeah, that's a really fun moment. Well, we've seen another musical where that happens. Ruthless. That's what it was, where they get shot and they turn, they face the audience, they're checking. <laughs> they like pat themselves yeah, down. That's to exactly make sure what it okay. is. Yeah. And yep, then the, the, the pigeons peck out the stepsister's eyes. Yep. So happy. Ever after. And that's a nice happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Happy Musical Monday. <laughs> End of show. Yeah, because they're, they're all congratulating themselves on living happily ever after. Yep. Nobody notices the beanstalk growing up in the background. Yes. Mm. Ever after. So it's act two. And we have So Happy. And this is the be careful what you wish for song. Because none of them are really that happy. They're content, but they're not happy. Mm-hmm. They got what they wanted. I love that. Act two opens exactly the same way as act one, where we get once upon a time. And then he says, later. Yes. And yeah, the opening tableau, great uh, again. And it's a really nice way to mirror the start of act one. And we get the All line. the wishes. Yeah. They're still wishing. Baker and his wife wish that they have more room. Uh, Jack misses being able to go up into the sky. Yeah. On his beanstalk, and Cinderella is really bored of being a princess. It is, and the narrator says, despite some minor inconveniences, they are all content. Poor Cinderella still has the step family around. They've somehow wormed their way into the castle. This definitely, you know, this isn't like um, previously, where it's also literally the next day. This is definitely like 10 months to a year later, mm-hmm. which is nice. You get the sense of why they're so bored. Did Emily Blunt and James Corden have a child in the Disney version? Yes. They just magically appear. Uh, she got, you know, when the witch turns back into Beautiful yeah. Witch, Meryl Streep, um, Emily Blunt gets magically pregnant. Yeah. At and the same time. gives birth like. Like she's away. like ready to pop pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I prefer it this way that you get the sense time has passed. Uh, I love when the set breaks. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a really nice... I actually don't know whether that's the same set that was there at the beginning of Act 1. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. I don't know. Either way, I loved it. And then we go through all the things of what it could be. And they say the mythical creature to the witch, and she gives a reason. It's like, Griffin, extinct. That whole section is fantastic, where they rhyme, and it's like, giant? Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, it could be a giant. You know, that was really, really fun. And... The baker says, oh, well, we've got to go warn people. Off off we go to warn people. Stops off at Jack's because Jack has experience. Yeah. And Jack's mom's like, you've got nothing to worry about. Giants never strike the same house twice. Is that a Jack fact? Yeah. We'll find out. And yeah, Jack's mother wants to keep him inside for fear. It's like, I nearly lost you, my poor boy. I can't risk losing you again. So he's not allowed outside anymore. And we learn uh, that the the monarchy are not going to do anything about it. The footman Mm -hmm. thinks it's no one's job. And Cinderella's like, well, I'll get my husband to personally look into it. And she then learns that her mother's grave was damaged and she decides to don her Cinderella gear once more. Yes. So that she can sneak out of the castle Mm -hmm. and go and see the damage for herself. They all assemble once again into the woods, 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 and out of the woods, and into the woods once more. I don't know how it goes, but 
Um, they're going to the woods and again, very. I like the way that Act Two starts the exact same way as Act One. Mm-hmm. But the worlds cross over now. Yes. And then we go bring the safety curtain up and the woods appear. And Rapunzel, Rapunzel has been driven insane. And she will never be happy. All I did was try to be a good mother, says the the witch. This line, this line is very reminiscent of that bit interested. That yes. same thing. All I wanted to do was to be a good mother. <laughs> like excellent. Yeah. You know, she she's like, I'm not happy and you you've done this to me and I could have been happy, but you ruined my life. And the witch was like, I just tried to protect you. But it's the kind of thing again, and I know that this becomes sort of the moral at the end of the, the show. Yes. But you but you cannot let other people control your destiny. Mm-hmm. And, God, if, she, if you want to be happy, go be happy. Yeah, just whatever. Do you know what marriage is? Agony. Agony. <laughs> we get... Um, I'm not going to hold you to that. <laughs> which show came first, Into the Woods or Company? So Company came in 1970. Yep. And then Into the Woods is 1987. So this is the sequel to Thank You Very Much But I'm Not Getting Married Today. This is the, oh, I got married, and it's agony. This is the I hate my wife song. Mm -hmm. Because now it's like agony when a woman won't respond to my advances. Agony, I am married, and no one looks at me the same way anymore. This is the best reprise. Oh, God, yeah. Ever. Because it's not just a few lines of the reprise. It's not like Prince Ali reprise, where it's just like 30 seconds. This is a full song. Yeah. And it's just as good as the first song. It's so good. I love She has skin white as snow. Did you learn her name? No, there's a dwarf standing guard. Incredible. They didn't do this in because they cut It's not in the film. Yeah. I loved this. Should have yeah. been in the film. And yeah, I <laughs> I yeah, really so like they're this. singing about Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, he found Snow White and he wants her. He found Sleeping Beauty and he wants her. And at the end um, they off, off they go to their wives. I must go home to wife. We also learn in this song, Cinderella's prince is afraid of blood. Yes. Yeah, which is why he's so useless. And in the world of being a, a prince in a fairy tale. Yeah. Like, he says, um, they, they're saying that the quickest way to get through this thicket is pick it apart with a stick. And he says, yes, but even one prick, it's my thing about blood. And his brother's like, oh... <laughs> there's a nice bit next where everyone kind of falling apart and people are complaining and you just hear the oh, 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 and you just hear him go in the background Rapunzel, <sighs> Rapunzel. <laughs> he looks delighted it's great. we learn that the castle was set upon by a giant which is why the step family and the steward are on the move Yep, and we learn that clearly giants do strike the same house twice mm-hmm. uh, because... The baker's house is destroyed. baker's house has been destroyed. And yeah, there's some brilliant sass on display by the characters here. I really liked this as a whole sequence. Yeah. They all just don't have the time to be dealing with this, No, basically. they don't. And they're all just like, oh, what happened? Hashtag Jack did it. Mm-hmm. And they all start the, the, the blaming of Jack. We hear the giant, and she sounds like a Doctor Who villain. You know, like the echoey voice. Yeah. Like Doctor you Who. You killed my husband. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And they were like, um, she can't actually see us. 
No, they're too far away. Too far away. So um, we could just blame anyone. We, we could just we could just you know say it's this person. Who do who do we give up? Who do we give up? Well, so <laughs> the the giant knows that it's a boy that yes. did it, and the witch is like, "Would you care for a blonde girl instead?" <laughs> yes. Tries to give her one of but the also stepsisters. Says a blind girl. Yeah. And it's like their life is a misery. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're like, "Well, I'm not that miserable actually." Actually, we're okay. Now in the film, they die here or or christine baranski gets stomped on they get that we don't see them again after this point i'm pretty certain something happens at this oh no they run away and never before this conversation happens and don't come back yeah so that's that's it it. so it's quite nice to see more from them like Mm. it didn't because this is the thing in the film it's just kind of like they're there why are they still there what's the point here i get why they're still here because they actually keep coming back and forth yeah i really love that after deciding to sacrifice someone they decide to sacrifice the narrator who's like but you can't sacrifice me i'm not part of the story i'm just telling it and bernadette peters goes well some of us don't like the way you've been telling it mm-hmm. and he's like but i'm not in the story and it will affect how it ends and you can't kill me and they sacrifice the narrator and the giant picks up the narrator and it's like this is as soon as she can see him it's like this isn't the boy drops in here Which was really fun. I liked that. Yeah, <laughs> he is not the lad. And <laughs> Jack's mum comes in and digs her own grave because she's like, "Why are you harassing us? We've been through enough. Do you think it was a picnic disposing of your husband's remains?" Wow. Yeah, she's not smart. No, you can see why Jack got those traits mm-hmm. and yes yeah this is barbara brine who is a great actress but this is so this role is so interesting yeah this is the thing right is i if you had only seen the film version of into the woods and somebody said to you oh i would love to play rapunzel in into the woods you'd I'd be, be like, like why? why but in this she's hilarious and she's such a butt of a joke like it's great. Oh god, especially considering how Rapunzel is so like iconic and romanticized, and it's just nice to see it just being a little <laughs> She's bit wet. Just so annoying, yeah. Yeah, and well, like being Jack's mother. Yeah. In the film, and as much as I love that actress in the film, yeah, Tracy Ullman's great. It's sort of a waste of her, yeah, because she's so great in the stage show, mm-hmm. and again, so funny. Yeah, there's uh, there's some nice moments. I love this. So Rapunzel runs off, and she gets squished. And the steward kills Jack's mum. Yeah, she hits her on the back of the head. And that's it. Jack's mum is dead. Yep. And then we go to Lament. And I just love that the witch is like, I did warn her. I'm, I'm sad. I've lost my daughter. Mm-hmm. But I did warn her this would happen. And then we get to the ethical problem. Is it worth killing Jack? To save the rest of us. Yeah. Does one man's life outweigh everyone else's? Or, alternately, can we physically kill a giant? Yeah. So we've got to decide what we're going to do. And the baker and his wife choose to split up. Mm-hmm. They're going to go two different ways. And we're going to have little red babysitter. Yes, basically. And 100 paces left, 100 paces right, or, or west and east, whatever. And we go to any moment as we get this moment where the prince meets the baker's wife once more. And he's very forward. Mm-hmm. Take off your clothes. 
No, he says, may I kiss you? And I'm so glad we watched Twisted in advance of this one. <laughs> Anything can happen in the woods. Take your clothes off. Yeah, it basically is like, may, may I kiss you? And I love that she then says, I'm in the wrong story. Mm-hmm. Now, is this, does this make more sense? Is this because the narrator died that everything starts to fall apart? I mean, because they murdered the narrator. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so all the stories are getting mixed up now. Yes, and it's 100% their own fault. So she would not do this if not for the narrator. Because mm, the narrator would have stopped her. Yes, and I like that. I feel like that is a really nice addition. Yeah, because that... we had Red Riding Hood say, who's going to tell us what to do now? And the bakers will have to decide for ourselves who we want to be. We will write our own destiny. But it's true, like, while up to this point, we know that the baker's wife really fancies the prince. Yes. We know that she thinks he's very attractive. But now she's got no one to stop her. Yeah, it's... she has this moment to decide who she's going to be, and she doesn't. Well, it is, isn't it? It's like in the absence of God, what mm-hmm. would people do? And I guess whatever they damn well want, you know? And that's kind of what the this bit kind of ha- has allusions to, is it's like, you know... I mean, people do anyway, but... Yeah, but... <laughs> You know, not to get onto the topic. No, we're not going to go into. We're not going to get onto the topic. But you know what? It very much feels like they have lost this omniscient presence, Mm -hmm. and now they have freedom and too much freedom, and it it ruins it for themselves. So yes, um, at the same time, Cinderella meets the baker, and I like that. There's the parallel. You know that you've got the juxtaposition of these two parts of a couple meeting and of course the baker and cinderella are not interested whatsoever yep we cut back and we see the baker's wife rolling around on the floor with the prince and she yeah, then... they get right to the edge of that yeah. little drop and he stops them and it's just very controlled like, thank you i needed to feel needed once more yes i will always remember our time in the woods yeah so Adieu. he goes from um Anything can happen in the woods, in the yes. moment. And like singing about, oh, this moment. I'm here in this moment with you. Mm. And then he goes from that to, that was just a moment in the woods. Yes. And then she realises that she's done wrong. Yeah. And she turns around to find that she is lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. And she sings Moments in the Woods. Really beautiful song. The only song that got like uh, extended moment of applause through this version that's because we know what happens at the end it is because we know what happens next like this is her curtain call but i don't feel this song warrants it in the way other songs do mm-hmm. it's not it's a, it's a lovely song really lovely song but it's not last midnight yeah which for me feels like that should be that big like show-stopping number the thing with this song is we go from she's just done this terrible thing yes right she made her choice about who she was going to be she's made her bed and she chose wrong yes basically then the prince ditches and she has this song where she's trying to decide what she's going to do and she says you know i could have all three why not live in between have a baker for bread and a child for warmth and a prince for whatever bed and so that was her trying to decide again. And then she talks about how stupid she's being. And her final choice that she makes is, I will leave the woods and be with my husband. And now I know what I want. Because and she's I know... not allowed it because, nope, sorry. she made the wrong choice. Yeah. She chose. So off the cliff she falls. Poorly. Yep. And she did. The witch has found Jack and the Jack has the baker's wife's shawl. And at this point, he learns that she is dead. Mm-hmm. And he is obviously very, very Jack upset. Jack buried her. In a footprint. 
Yeah. I think that's hilarious. One of my favourite songs in the last version, one of my favourite songs in this version, is Your Fault. I think it's oh so good. It's so much faster in yeah. this version. I just love this song. I think it's phenomenal. And I love the way they all just turn on each other. And there is an argument for every single person. You can see how each each thing is, it's your fault then. And they all ultimately decide to blame the witch because she's the one who grew the beans in the first place. And none of this happens if she doesn't grow mm -hmm. beans. So we go into Last Midnight. Yes. And she says, you're not good. You're not bad. You're just nice. And nice sucks. Yeah. Because that's nothing. And I'm not bad. And I'm not nasty. I'm just me. I love the way she holds the first. Mm. She says, you're so nice. Yeah. Like, and it's just the way that they say it sounds like the worst thing you can be. Yeah. Because you have no convictions. You're just nice. Mm. You stand for nothing, but... What do you die for? <laughs> I really like this song. This is the fine let me be the villain, even though you're all worse than me song. Mm. One of my favourite tropes in any kind of media is the fine make me your villain line. Mm. It's my favourite thing in the Grisha if... books. It's my favourite thing in this, that she's like, oh, I'm the villain? Okay, sure, I'll be the villain. And this is if we had X-Men the musical. This is when Magneto sings Last Midnight yes. to oh Charles Xavier yeah. and is like, fine, fine, I'm Charles. Villain. Sure. I'll be the villain. You want me to be the villain? I am the villain. Yeah. Oh, the... I, I, I would love to play a character that gets to do that mm. because it's so great. The sound effects as the beans get thrown is mm. very cool. Could do Good. without the little CGI, like, <laughs> ding, light up. Or was that on stage? That was on stage. Was that, cool? that was a light okay. effect. I, I, it wasn't great, but it... They're, know. like, scrabbling to catch the beans and... They're just planting. Yeah. yeah, basically. It was okay. I didn't like... I love the sound effects. I didn't like that, but I thought that's because it was, like, CGI'd on. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, at the end of this, she did. You know what we... Right. There's another difference between the film and this one. Mm -hmm. In the film, when she dies, she becomes a pool of tar. Yes, pitch. which is what they use to... In this one, she just dies. And it's She's so just done. poor. She just drops down. That's and... it. Yeah, it's a very, very She's pretty, dead. pretty moment and sad. And I'd have thought for sure this would have been your big, you know, big, big, big applause moment. This is your, like, opposite defying gravity instead of going up. But I suppose if you don't know that that's about to happen, you're like, oh, my God, she's dead. Yeah, but then surely by that logic... You'd applaud. Yeah, but why would you not have applauded? You, you wouldn't have applauded for the baker's wife. Yeah, I guess. Because you knew that that's her... The, um... Again, one of my favourite things in media, and it's the, the line from King Lear, is he dies. And that's it, because that's how death works. It's just, he dies. Yeah, and I like that. Death is final in this. You yeah, know, like... no fanfare, no crazy applause. That's it. Yeah, and it's nice. And she's dead, and you're like, well, the only character who had any power here is gone. Yeah. And even she didn't have any power. She didn't have any power. So we do have, as the baker runs away, he finds his not completely dead dad. The only character who doesn't die. I don't understand why he's alive. Did he just no, he's, lie? No, it's his spirit. Oh, it's his spirit. Returning so to speak to Oh, him. of course, because it's Force Ghost, isn't it? Yeah. I, at this point, I feel like the songs are the wrong pace for what I want. You know. <laughs> Tough. It's the second act. You're going to be sad. I'm not sad. I don't care. <laughs> it's like... I care about the witch dying. No, I care about the witch dying, but these songs, No More and uh, No One Is no one alone. alone. 
I think both of them are lovely songs, but they're put at the wrong moments. No One Is Alone is in this. I know it is. I know it is. But I still think... No More isn't. But I think No More is so lovely. I was bored. In its finality. I, 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 I was bored by this number. The show's already gone long. And I just think this is a very slow number as we creep towards the end. And I can just imagine if I was in the auditorium, I would be yawning a little bit at this point, just like how much longer is left. This is when I started to check my this is when I started to check my watch and okay. see how much longer we had left. I was feeling it at this point, you know, like the slog that was into the yeah. woods. And as a song, I think it's a nice song. I think the problem is it's not in the right place. I think it should go before last midnight. I think it should go in act one. We had one. your fault. No more last midnight. I think, I think it we should... could get over this. Yeah, I think this this would also work better in act one somewhere. Tonally, no. But the I don't know the idea of him dealing with I'm about to be a father. Like, do I really want to be a father? I just didn't care for this number to be honest. Here, um. So he returns, lays out the plan to kill the giant. Yeah, and. He hands the baby to Cinderella mm. and is like, here you go. Oh my God, we get the best. <laughs> One of my two favourite lines from this show. One of them we've skipped over. We can go back to it in a bit. But Cinderella is like, but what can we do? Who can help us? And her bird friends come down. Yeah. So she talks to them and, and they tell her something about the prince. Yes. And <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood goes, you can talk to birds. Yeah, I like I, I like <laughs> the way she says She's it. so Kim Pine from uh, Scott Pilgrim. It's just yeah. like, so like, by, by the by. Before we do move on, I wanted to just add about No More. Mm. It's just the fact that Dad Rater does have a lovely voice. Mm. Like, he really does. And it is, a, you know, a beautiful song. It just is the wrong, wrong place for me, mm. you know. Um, but yes, you could talk to birds. And they come up with the plan. The birds are going to peck out the giant's eyes and blind her. Yep. And then Jack and the baker will deliver the final blow. Oh, and we're going to spread pitch on the ground like what happened to Cinderella. So yes. she steps in and gets stuck and then they can knock her Which over. made more sense with, you know, last midnight. I can still recall that last midnight. <laughs> but where are they getting this tar from? Uh, Granny's house. Okay. They actually say that. Fine, fair. Yeah. So, yes, the baker leaves the baby with Cinderella and the prince walks up and she's like, la, da, 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 da. oh, oh, you're my wife. Hello, Good wife. to you, fair lady. He barely recognised her. The giant went that way and he looks around and is like, my love. What are you wearing? And with a baby. <laughs> so I was like, I- I'd written down the note. The birds come to help Cinderella did they tell her the prince cheated? Mm-hmm. And then we get the you can talk to birds, blah, blah, blah. And it's like the birds did tell her. Yes. Of course the they birds could. Know. Birds are bros. Like 100% yeah. doing the Number right one. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, bird bros. he says, I was raised to be charming, not That's sincere. Insane. And they, of course, head to Splitsville mm-hmm. because they decide that um, their story wasn't right for them. I, I like that. It's quite nice. Like he's not bitter about it. He's kind of like, Yes, I think you're right. It's not yeah. like he's like, well, if I can't have you, and it's he turns and tries to kill her. It's just like, yes, this this arrangement doesn't work, does it? Yeah, it's we very... get. I talked about this line last time, but yeah. Cinderella says, "My father's house was a nightmare, and yours was a dream." But well, now I want something in between. in between. She wants something real. Yeah. None of these people want to be in this fairy tale. They want to be normal people. Yeah. 
Um, so we get no one is alone. Mm-hmm. Granny's dead too. And Red is obviously like, I've lost my mum. I've yeah. lost my granny. I should have been better. And, you know, that's sad that she's like, this is my fault. It's like, it's not your fault. But yes, you should cherish people whilst they're alive and whilst they're there. Yeah. You know. And it, this is a lovely giant song. Giant is still a person as yeah. well. It's the discussion that we get. The moralistic discussion about killing a giant. It's like, yeah, this person... And they've been wronged. And But where, where does it end? Mm-hmm. You know, we kill her. Will there be other giants come after us? She kills Jack. Will she come back for us again? Because she knows that we will bow to pressure. It's like, what do we do? This is a really nice debate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we also get... The baker, Jack says something about, oh, did you ever see my mother in the woods? Yeah, and Jack doesn't know he's like, an orphan oh, she's yet. dead. Yeah. He's, de- he's not even nice about it. He's like, oh, she's dead. The steward killed her. And Jack's like, well, then I will kill him. And he's like, no. We talked about how it's quite nice to have more grown up Jack and Red. Mm-hmm. I don't think this song worked the same way because they are older. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I didn't enjoy it here. Because I was just like, okay, but you are adults. You probably shouldn't have been living in your parents' basements anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, go out and make something of your life. Whereas in the film, when you've got Cinderella consoling this poor little girl, and you've got, who you know, who was Cinderella. That's Cinderella basically talking to herself. Mm-hmm. And you've got the baker talking to this lost little boy. It feels far more important. Here it's just kind of like, yeah, but you realise you're in your 30s. Come on. Yeah. It, it didn't work for me the same way. So I think that's a not a failing of the stage over certainly impacted on it. Mm-hmm. You know, where actually the film maybe did get it better. Um, the giant approaches. Will their plan work? Yes. It's very quick. We don't even see the final blow. We just... And the fall of the giant is so cool. Like the the strobe lighting, the smoke, and just this giant head bouncing off. I thought it was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go into the finale. And the princes have new princesses. They have found Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. How long will that last? Probably not very. I love that they both yawn. In fairness. Oh, yeah. Sleepy girls. In fairness... They are just Prince Charming. And Prince Charming is like the go-to name for every prince. Mm -hmm. It's the same prince in each of these stories. And, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, All the bad is apparently undone because the stepsister can see and Rapunzel lives. I said, is there a reason? You said, no, it's just the curtain call. I was like, okay. Yeah, basically. You've got to get them on stage. It's the same you said with Rent. It's like, you know, how do you get them back on? And in the film, you can't really do a curtain call in the same way. I loved, I, I, I talk about Rent. And we talk about it and like how much I love some of the songs, but the action not so much. I'd love to see Rent live. You know, like if we, it's one of those shows I would like to see. Yeah. You know, do what we've done here. Mu- see the, the movie and then see the musical, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Red says that she will be Jack's mother. I'll be your mother now. And Jack's like, no, I don't want you to be my mother. I thought he was going to say, I want I'm you to be my lover. And no, a pet. it's a friend and a pet. <laughs> So that's how he sees Little Red, Little Pet Riding Hood. <laughs> Red Riding Hood's like, oh no, we have nowhere to go. I guess we'll move in with you, Mr. Baker. And he's like, what? <laughs> I don't have a house. And then Cinderella says she will help as well, because sometimes she quite enjoys cleaning. Yes. Yeah, sometimes. That's the optimum word. Like when like given sometimes. the choice, yeah. yeah. And yeah, um, Ghost Wife shows up mm-hmm. and the baker is telling the story to the child 
and you know we get some nice final points of song i wrote down the lyric careful the tale you tell i think it's good advice that Care- is the spell yeah you know mm-hmm. i think that's some good advice is be careful what you tell people and we get the bows mm-hmm. and of course the last person to get about is the superstar peters <laughs> yeah and uh we will close the book on into the woods i wish i wish to go to the festival right in this version before we talk about songs who would you want to play oh i said prince wolf prince wolf yeah i would want to i to be honest i think as much as i love it, it's not the same wolf who is agony it's not the same the wolf isn't cinderella's prince mm-hmm. is it yeah Fine. his cinderella's well, prince not rapunzel's prince i would be happy with either prince but i'd quite like to be that prince specifically mm-hmm. um and the reason it has to be is because Rapunzel's Prince comes on immediately yeah. afterwards. I'd want to be Wolf Prince. I, I would like to play. I think the Wolf is a fun character to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one that you really can ham up. Mm-hmm. And you get the, oh, I can do that noise. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd want to play Prince Wolf. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to play? In this version, I would happily be anyone. Yeah, you, you actually could just got cast option. me. I'll pray. I, I, there's a lot of it's a very good diverse cast mm-hmm. in the fact that you have got plenty of roles for anyone and any character here can be played by any person of any race mm-hmm. and you know you could you could have a lot of fun with you know a nice talented female cast you know mm-hmm. your female ensemble there's so many good I've, roles i've seen balance. jack played by a woman oh, yeah, before, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. actually really good oh and, and, and that's fantastic but you've got so many good like female characters and so many good male characters mm-hmm. i think the key to to staging and casting this is you find the people they bounce off of yes you have to match the prince to little red to baker's wife mm-hmm. to cinderella and to the other and prince, to the other prince. Yeah. so there's a lot of there is a lot of finding the matches because it's so reliant on the ensemble nature of it i wonder how many sort of chemistry reads they do with things like yeah that. I, I think like the easy some of the easy ones is like jack's mom you've just got to bounce her off jack but she doesn't really have much else to do because she kind else. of annoys everyone else you know yeah. but there are some characters that are far more social butterflies mm-hmm. i would like to play rapunzel i feel like it would be really fun yeah. to get to just be that irritating but cinderella getting to throw myself all over the place so cinderella is your i want to play this character yeah cool. if i got to be in into the woods I'm aged out of being able to be Little Red now. Yeah. But I would have wanted to do that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Cinderella. Cool. I'll take it. And then one day I will be the witch and then I'll be happy to be. What's your best song in this version? Your Fault. Yeah, for me it's Agony and Your Fault. Like both Agonies and mm-hmm. Your Fault. I think they're both... I, 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 I loved them in the first one. Yeah. See, it would have gone to Agony Reprise. But that's more just because it's in this version. And also just because like... Agony Reprise wouldn't work without Agony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, both songs, or all three songs, are my best songs. I think they're amazing, and they've been in my head since we finished watching them. What is your skip song? Um, Other than Rapunzel's song. <laughs> well, so, officially, that's not on the soundtrack. Yes. So, it would probably be Careful My Toe. Yeah. I, I did say for me it is no more because I was just like at this one it's like no more no more I'm done that's fair it, it, it just didn't work for me and I think the pacing of it is wrong mm-hmm. you know it's like the same with High School Musical you need something to get the energy going early on which mm-hmm. we have here but you also need to keep the energy up a little bit later on when you know the attention's drifting and like what else could I be doing yeah 
So that for me was um, my skip song. Oh. Over on Instagram, mm -hmm. I asked what people thought about the original Broadway cast starring the amazing Bernadette Peters. 100% of people said yes, they liked this version of Into the Woods. And we got a fantastic response from Elena via her vintage Broadway 19 Instagram account. Probably because you can type a lot more. Mm -hmm. One of the first things that was most interesting to me is that typically fairy tales are very clear cut. You can tell if the characters are going to end up being good or evil or admirable or hateful. In the musical, you think you have it figured out, but your views change by the second act. Physical appearances also define characters in fairy tales. All princes are handsome and good. All witches are ugly and bad. Into the Woods shows this isn't always the case. Mm -hmm. The princes turn out to be handsome physically, but not devoted to their wives. The witch turns out to be beautiful and more knowledgeable about the outside world than the others allow themselves to believe. Something else I've noticed is that in typical Sondheim fashion, there are several unusual chords that catch the listener off guard. When the narrator states, once upon a time, a chord is struck that lets the audience know the unexpected is to be expected. Little Red almost certainly represents that time between innocence and development into maturity. She struggles with this and wants to cling to her innocence like sweets and flowers, but is lured to the more mature and darker side by the wolf, which could be representative of how she views her faster approaching teenage years. Scary, unsure, and of course, blossoming sexuality, which we have discussed. The baker is a traditionalist and believes in the man being in control of the house. He believes he needs to reverse the spell himself. However, the baker's wife believes both should work together. During the number it takes to, they change a bit and they begin to agree more and become a bit more compatible. And this is something I'd read Elena say and you've talked about, which I thought was really interesting. In It Takes Two, the wife begins to discover the prince within her husband. She describes her husband as passionate, charming, considerate and clever. Yes. The description parallels Cinderella's prince's description of himself in agony. He describes himself as sensitive, clever, well-mannered, considerate, passionate, etc. By using the same words to describe her husband, we see that the wife is beginning to think of her husband as a prince. Which oh, like which is interesting because I don't think she is. I think she's reflecting what she wants onto him. Yeah, I think so. It's like Either way, really lovely view. Yeah. Unfortunately, she becomes flattered by the prince's comments towards her bravery of being alone in the woods as she is fairly more independent of character in the story than others. She sleeps with him and then realising her views of right and wrong need to be revised. Really, there isn't any justification for her actions. I always thought she made that choice because she was independent and felt she could go make her own choices, including having a liaison with the prince. Mm -hmm. And she then linked me to a post that she had done previously discussing... Um, some of her favourite characters, in this case, the witch in Into the Woods. And she showed me pictures of different characters. So we've obviously got Bernadette Peters, which is fantastic. Uh, we then have uh, Felicia Rashad from 1988. And the witches' costumes are fantastic as they've evolved. Then you have Julia McKenzie, mm -hmm. which is very good. Very, I would say, uh, wicked and wicked witch. So that's the original West End cast in 1990. Vanessa Williams, who you will remember from Hannah Montana, the movie. I think she looks phenomenal there. Mm -hmm. And we have Hannah Waddingham, which is, is not as exciting a dress as the others, I would say. But I like it. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful dress, but not as excited. We'd have Donna Murphy. Whom we love. Who we love. Yeah, and, that's Mother Gothel. Yeah? Yeah. And I think she looks very Mother Gothel, and that's a very inspired choice. And then we have mm -hmm. Patina Miller. Who I love. What a costume for Patina Miller, like that. Although she looks a lot like 
Sarah Jessica Parker in Hocus Pocus. Yes, but I liked that. Yes. So yes, thank you to Elena for that uh, amazing essay on Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Over on Twitter, 22% of people said, no, it's agony. Yeah. 23% of people I said, I prefer the film, to which Elena also said, who in the world prefers the film to the filmed version of the original Broadway company? Um, and then 55% said, yes, Into the Woods we go. My favourite comment was um, from at Spyhards, who said, as long as there's no James Corden, which did remind me that I said James Corden was my MVP when we first looked at Into the Woods. I gave this one the same score. Mm -hmm. I gave this one four stars. I really, really liked it. Uh, I think at times it just went on and I grew tired of it you know yeah four stars just as good as the film i think i mean i'd say better than the film but still not without things that didn't work for me mm-hmm. on to next week i think as we start our, our process towards our end of the school year we need to look at some musicals that explore the end of a school year of course the question though is drew which order do you want to do it in you know um do you want to study reproduction before we finish yep or do you just want to graduate as wildcats as soon as possible it's up to you is it going to be grease 2 or high school musical 3 i think it has to be grease 2 i'm going to save high school musical 3 for the actual end of the school year okay so this week then we will be looking at grease <laughs> Who? <laughs> I have seen Greece. Unapologetically love this film. <laughs> I've seen Greece. I've directed Greece. Uh, there are some fantastic podcasts on Greece, and I'm sure at some point we will do one. There will be a way where we talk about musicals we have seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people want to hear us talk about Wicked. People want to hear us talk about things like Greece. We've seen them. It's not the right dynamic, I guess. We yes. will find a way to do Greece. I can suggest if you want to listen to a fantastic podcast on Greece, best film ever recently covered it. I had a great time. Liam is clearly a massive fan of Greece. And uh, I think, you know, anyone who's forgotten what it is to be a fan of Greece will feel a lot better listening to him uh, rave about it. So we will be looking at Greece 2 next week. Yes, indeed. And as always, you can get yourselves involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Into the Woods and let us know your thoughts on Grease 2. Is it better than the original? Is Grease 2 really the word? Or is this a sequel that should just never have happened? As some people will say, well, Michelle Pfeiffer. This is great, actually. So, I'm, I am excited to look at Greece too, and I hope that you will join us next week as we talk about it. As always, you will be able to find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And if you have enjoyed this show covering Into the Woods, why not tell us what you loved about it? Give us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, and tell the world about it's a musical podcast and help us grow i'll be back at rydell is it set at rydell next week yes so we also have some returning cast which is always fun fantastic so 
Join us next week as we go back to Rydell High, same back place, same high school apparently. <laughs> Hit him again, Rydell Ringtails. <laughs> I thought it was Rydell Wildcats. No. The Wildcats. Wildcats. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. We will see you next week. Have a magical musical Monday.